Welcome to the Brand Spanking You podcast with host Nicole Montgomery, a podcast dedicated to business and personal branding for the aesthetic industry. The essence of trust and rapport are the foundations of building a successful, sustainable, long-term business. Interviewing thought leaders and experts that have built successful personal brands, we share their stories and how they got to be where they are, plus sharing practical advice and actionable tips for you to implement today into your own personal and business branding. Today, Nicole speaks with Neil Osborne of The Sales Catalyst. He is known as a growth expert and teaches hair, beauty, and body businesses to grow sales and increase profits. Uh, Hi, Neil Osborne here from The Sales Catalyst. How are you? I've been invited uh, by Nicole to come on and have a bit of a chat with you today about some of the things that we can do to be more productive and, well, I suppose you've heard these words before, but survive and thrive out the other side uh, because we are in some challenging times. My background, uh, I'm a, an elite trainer. I'm a sales and brand coach uh, and I'm fairly unique in the marketplace as I've devoted over 30 years of my business experience uh, to this business that I now run today. I'm most well known for working at the high end uh, of the industry and in particular helping businesses and brands uh, growing their business through some, well, some very simple shifts in skills, focusing around consultation, persuasion, and how to interact with clients and well, help them get to yes more often. And that's what I do. Uh, and I'd like to spend some time with you talking about, well, how do we navigate this, this current situation? Um, for many, it's scary. Um, And for others, it's really quite um, an emotional ride. And for many of us, we've gone through nothing short of a horrific uh, last couple of weeks and everything that we knew that was normal um, has totally changed. Uh, But what we also know that in uh, 12 months time, uh, we're generally going to be in a very different space to where we are today. And that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about, you know, the opportunities that we have in front of us, because yes, I must stress though, before I go any further, this is not unprecedented times. We have been through these times before and we will go through them as a population, as a world, as a community again. But we go through them differently. This particular one has come on very fast, very aggressive. However, there's been many others that have disrupted industries just like this one is disrupting us. Let's talk about Uber and the taxi business. The taxi business copped a hiding because they didn't evolve. Streaming, video shops disappeared. Um, What did online do to bookshops? I mean, we could talk forever about the internet. So what I wanna talk to you about today is the model of the future and thinking about how we can evolve and how we can be adaptable. Because today, the adaptable will survive. How well you adapt to these circumstances and situations. So let's just talk a little bit about this model just for a couple of quick minutes, just to help you get some perspective, or as I say, to frame the conversation that we want to have today. I have to share with you, I was talking with a um, client in New Zealand only last week, again on a Zoom, and she shared with me something really amazing. And that was that she was working in a medical practice 
cosmetic medical practice, actually, uh, in Christchurch uh, during the time of the earthquake. And what she was sharing with me was post-earthquake, when they were permitted to come out, um, which we might be one day as well, um, they had a very significant uplift to the normal level of their business. And the fact was they had a 30% increase that was sudden, that was quick, and it was sustainable for quite a period as, as, as everyone came back to normality. So if we were to use that you know, uh, model or that possible example that this may be what happens with us, let's talk about what your options are. Firstly, there's three types of people in business. Um, those are the ones who take no action, um, allow themselves to be overwhelmed by uh, this particular situation, allow themselves to um, really become quite distraught. And you know, let's be frank, most of us in the businesses that we're talking to are highly skilled and highly qualified, but maybe what we're not so skilled at is the business side. So if you are one that tends to sit back and allow um, you know, not a lot of action, you may or you may not make it out the other side. There is definite options there, but I can only say to you that those options are yours uh, because there will be other businesses that thrive during this time. The second type of business out there is what I call the reactive business. And this business will react to what people are saying. And there is so much false news out there at the moment. I really don't know how you can do that. But there is just reactive behaviors and, and more importantly, inconsistencies. Now, you know, some of these business may make it, some of them may not. Some of them might be able to pick up the threads where they left off. Some of them may not. It's really dependent on whether you pick the right time to react or not. But what I do know is I know that there is a group of people who I'm talking to as an elite trainer that are out there wanting to do the smart things. They're out there wanting to will double down on their business and think about ways that they can either communicate with their staff, uh, communicate with their clients, um, you know, cry, try to create some sort of turnover, uh, be it through retail or, or other things. And what we know is that these people are prepared to do the work now, um, sorry, do the work now, because what they understand is when the opportunity line hits, the reward will be high and steep. These people are prepared to invest now and reap the reward later. They're the people I want to talk to and they're the people I want to share today some different examples that we can talk through about what are some genuine and legitimate things that you can be doing. Let me pick up on that one first. It's normally uh, the area that most businesses struggle with most. Uh, and they, most owners normally blame their staff and staff have become exceptionally good at blaming the internet. So we get this cascading effect as to how blame gets shifted through this conversation. But what it actually, what it actually does is it stops the responsibility we have of caring for our client. Um, and, you know, are you a 1,000 hour clinician or are you a one hour clinician? Which are you? Are you a one hour clinician where you only care about the time that you physically spend with that client while they're sitting opposite you? Or are you a 1,000 hour clinician and start to think about the things that they are going through at home, the things that they are going through with their skin, their skin management, whatever it might be, that's where I find the word care really is uh, critical. And more importantly, it's also the conversation we need to have 
with our staff. So I'm going to come at it from that angle. I'm also going to come at this conversation from another unique angle as well. Uh, up until about a month ago, I was uh, keeping a very close tabs on two critical reports that are published fairly regularly by Australia Post and also by the NAB. And these two reports, quite independently of each other, measure the sales volume in retail dollars or the retail dollars that is done on the internet versus bricks and mortar. Well, I'm going to ask you to have a guess as to how much you think of our total retail dollars is being spent on the internet and how much of our total retail dollars is being spent on bricks and mortar. Well, I have to tell you that the internet percentage still has not cracked 10%. So that may come as a surprise. That is truthful statistical data that is being monitored on a monthly or quarterly basis by the NOB. So my question to you is what are you doing with the other nine clients out of 10? Because only one out of 10 is actually truthfully buying on the internet. So this, what we're hearing from our team members by saying, oh no, Jenny's gonna buy it on the internet, I have to say to you is not really true. And we need to douse that straight away. We need to deal with facts and not emotions. Because at the moment, we have a very high level of emotion. And I respect that, I understand it. We all have moments of it. Um, it's funny how they put the best part of the numbing liquid in the bottom, you know, that bottle of red wine. It's amazing how the good stuff is in the bottom of the bottle. I can never quite work that out. But anyway, um, whatever way it is you choose to, to cope with this, but let me share with you a couple of, uh, couple of things to be serious for a moment. First and foremost, we need to look at our clientele. If I, uh, and what I've been advising my clients to do, first thing is go to your computer, run a report, and I want you to run the report from the most valuable client to the least. It's all about dollars. And I wanna get crystal clear on the top 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, whatever it is, number of clients from the highest spenders down. Then the second thing I would do is I would reach out to every one of those clients personally um, on the telephone, and I would get my staff to be doing that with them, their clients as well. And I would simply reach out to them and say, how are you? This is not a time to sell, this is a time to care. So the very first thing I would do is reach out and say, hi, how are you? The second thing I would say to them is, how are you coping with your skin regime at home? Is there anything I can do to help you with that? Do you want me to teach you how to do a facial at home? Do you want me to teach you how to, whatever the conversation is, because by the way, it's small indulgences that people want during these tough times. Small indulgences. What little treat can I do at home that makes me feel better? I mean, let's face it, we're all gonna come out of this furry and long haired, but that's just the way it is. But there's many other little things that we can be doing to make us feel, well, just to make us feel a little bit better about ourselves and about this particular situation. So. That would be my direct approach, is to reach out to my clients, my most valuable ones first, um, and make sure that A, they're okay, B, that I'm helping them with anything they can do at home to help them have a small indulgence. And I'd even use those words, you know, what can I do to help you have a little small indulgence at home to make you feel better? And then I'd also offer to post them some product. Now, 
you know, going and setting up um, online shops and um, portals and all of these things is, is great if you have the time, which we definitely do at the moment, but if you have the money and if you have the technical know-how. Because when you set up that website, you will simply become one of 40 billion other websites that are out there. So then you need to move into learning how to market, which is a whole nother story. So for me, the short-term solution is to go down the road of client care and to reach out to the clients. Think about how you can communicate with them on the telephone. Think about how you can communicate with them as we are doing. Zoom, I think, as uh, someone joked the other day that the virus was created by Zoom. Uh, Zoom's shares have just gone up through the roof. So, you know, lighthearted approach to this situation. But I'd be really reaching out to my clients in whatever way I could. I'd be offering them a complimentary uh, video conversation. I don't know about you, ladies, but this is much more um, connecting than sitting on a telephone. Yeah, you know, we can see each other. Uh, we can chat with each other in a moment. Um, and, and that's just, that's lovely. It builds a bridge. So, you know, we've got to be careful about going down this road. Now, the other misnomer I want to jump on is that you can develop an internet policy for your business and for your staff. And that is that you will price match certain websites. And if any of you have been to JB Hi-Fi or Officeworks or anything like that lately, I went and bought a... Um, you know, uh, one of these gimbal things. And, um, and I simply went into one store and noticed that I could buy it at another store for a different price. And I said, do you price match? And you know what the lady said? Yes, not a problem. Which store are you talking about? And I was in a JB Hi-Fi and I said, oh, Officeworks. She said, yep, that's not a problem. We just don't price match overseas or uh, non-reputable sites. So that actually developed a policy about how to deal with this. What I see most therapists and most clinicians do when someone says, oh, I'll buy it on the internet, they go, oh, oh, uh, um, oh, oh, um, oh okay. They just, they're not prepared. So how can you prepare your team to have those confident conversations? Do you want to post product to clients? Do you want to charge them for postage? Well, again, I'll leave that up to you, depending on what your process is. But before you start thinking about the cents, let's talk about the dollars. How much is that client worth to you over the lifetime of that client visiting your business? Maybe think about that. Most clients stay with the business for between seven to 10 years. And let's just say, let's keep it really simple and say a client spends $1,000 with you in a year, just hypothetically. And so how much would you pay me if I was going to deliver to you a client that's going to spend seven to $10,000 with you over the next seven to 10 years? I think it might be more than the cost of posting a product to a client. Hmm. Think about that. That's the business we're in. We're in the long-term business at the moment, not the short term. So, you know, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox, but there's a few points that I want you to ponder um, about the retail side, they're the things that we can keep alive. Uh, we can post product, we can drop product to people's doors. We can put it outside. Someone pulls up in a car and rings you, you can then walk outside and put it on the footpath, close the door. You know, there's all of these ways that we can actually 
conduct some business. Uh, we've, we've jumped on the elephant in the room, which is um, retail. Um, but I think there are some definite things that we can be doing in a step-by-step -step sequential manner that obviously uh, assists us. First and foremost is, is cost control. That has to be the absolute critical. Uh, oh, sorry, my first staff always come first. Obviously, I'm assuming that you know, you've now uh, deferred them or, or, or um, allowed them to work from home or put them off, whatever mechanism you've done there. So once we've got past that, the only two other or two or three other major expenses is firstly is rent. Um, and, you know, you've been forced to close by the government. So uh, I think you'll find in most rent, rental tenancy agreements that that allows you to potentially uh, negotiate with your landlord. And most landlords are being encouraged by the government to be sensible. So that's the next big expense. The third expense after that is product. Um, and, you know, all of you have now ceased all of that and will only reorder any small amounts of uh, retail uh, where possible. The next step after that is to sit down with your P&L and go, right, what expense am I going to continue to incur that I can stop? And I'm talking about specifically now software subscriptions. I'm talking about um, regular payments that may be going out to uh, computer software companies, um, other services that you may be paying your monthly retaining fee to, that would be the next thing. I'd be wanting to reduce my expenses as much as possible. The next step is then to speak with your accountant and ensure that uh, you are exploring every single angle and piece of government support that you're entitled to. And that is a very dark and deep hole and requires some people to have good, clear perspectives on that. Um, because when we put pressure on ourselves, it kills creativity. And what I want to do is help you move into that space where you're a little bit more optimistic. Yeah. So once I've done all of those things, um, the next thing I'd be doing is sitting down very clearly and openly and going, what sort of business do I want to be when I reopen? How do I want to be seen? Is this a time for me to reset my business? Is this a time for me to do some renos? Is this a time for me to think about maybe dropping away half of the treatments that I have on my treatment menu because they just never get done and, and really getting some focus and therefore becoming a specialist more so. And therefore, once we become a specialist, it allows us to build an authority position in that space, which is the next thing that I would ask you to do. So for me, this, um, this rethinking space would involve a couple of things. Firstly, I'd like to make an assumption and for the purpose of this exercise, I think you need to make an assumption that you're going to be opening your, your doors somewhere between month three and month six. I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just using that as an example to work to. That's all. And what can you do within that time? How can you reposition your business? Then I would, uh, once I have clarity around that, I would then move to social media. And I'd be doing a, um, a story about the level of hygiene that you put in place pre-closure and I'd be communicating how important that was to you and I'd also be communicating during that social media burst on that subject that in times in the future you will be reopening with that same philosophy of hygiene first and client safety first. I think when people do start to come out they're still going to be quite cautious and they are, there will still be 
things circulating. So I think we need to use this time to demonstrate to our clients through social media, through conversation, that we are highly aware and acutely aware of the standards required to create a safe place for our clients to come. Now, how you do that, I'll leave that up to you. But, you know, obviously Instagram and Facebook are the two main platforms uh, to explore. Um, maybe LinkedIn for some of you, depending on the types of treatments that you're working on. Uh, and obviously, you know, your website uh, and the blogs and anything else that you're doing as an outbound communication. That would be my next strategy. Then I would then start thinking about how I could educate my clients or re-educate them or educate them to a manner that they're going to be more open to accepting what it is that I'm going to be suggesting when I reopen. And that could be a plethora of things. It could be new treatments. It could be as simple as, let me show you how to do a facial at home. Now, you know, we're going to show them the home version, not the clinic version, but let's think about how we can be innovative. Um, the big word that's being used in business circles at the moment is how can you pivot? Pivot simply means how stay where you are, but turn to a different perspective. It doesn't mean move away from where you are. The word pivot in itself implies that you, you know, you're pivoting on a point and the point is what is it you're really good at? What is it you are? And what is it you want to become most well known for? Times like now are times where you can crystallise those thoughts. And then once you do crystallise those thoughts, how can you communicate that on a drip feed? So I want you to think about what sort of communication pattern, what sort of rhythm or what sort of cadence do you want to have as you go forward? Do you want to be the person who sends out an email to your data list, say, twice a month? Do you maybe want to do a video that, that I think is very strong and something I would encourage you to do. Think about how you can do a video email. Um, the next thing I would also be thinking about is um, social media and being mindful that your cadence on social media can be much, much, much higher. You know, if you're on Instagram, you can be posting two or three times uh, a day, you know, twice a day is, is, is totally acceptable. So that's 14 times a week. Would you send an email to a client 14 times in a week? No way. What we need to be mindful of is when we're in social media, there are only, only about 20% you know, of your audience is seeing any one post. So you know, there's lots of things that you can just methodically, uh, Trish, to give you that, that list that you're talking about. You, know, you start to methodically now break these out into steps. Um, and I think each step has a purpose. You know, the, the financial, the tidy up, the, the, the government, the clarity of mind. Uh, the next step is the thought about where you want to be and what you want to be most well known for. And then what can you do to use some building bricks and building blocks now to re-educate your clients towards that pathway? I uh, fully understand uh, how you may be feeling at the moment. What I've uh, decided to do in my business and what a lot of other people that I'm talking to are doing is using this time not to sell, but to educate. Uh, we're all sitting on... Uh, you know, our, our bandwidth usage at the moment is going through the roof. But what can we do um, to help people adjust their perspective? What can we do to help people think about their businesses differently? What education could we offer them 
And when I say education, I don't just mean one um, communication like we're doing now, but how could you develop a series where every second week you were jumping online and, and talking to your audience about what their pain points are and saying to them, hey, it's okay, everyone feels like this, but what I'm doing is I'm helping people take these steps. And would you be open to working together on these steps? Now, you know, I've got some of my clients that are actually putting out um, this process and charging a small fee um, to do that. And, you know, not an excessive fee, um, but, you know, a small fee, because what we know is when people pay, they show up. When it's for free, they don't always show up. Now is not the time to sell. We know that. And, and people will be really quite confronted by, you know, that sort of approach. But now is the time to support your um, GPs. Um, they, they're typical um, medical practitioners that are not business people in some cases. In some cases they are. But is there some things that we could teach them about business? Can you interview someone who's good at finance? Can you interview someone who's, you know, good at marketing? Can you interview um, a business coach who specialises in, you know, working with GPs? Um, think about who you could bring to the table because there's two ways in this space. Either you become the specialist and therefore drive the whole program or as Nicole is doing, interviewing specialists and bringing them to her audience. I would rather encourage you to think about doing a, um, a 20 minute series than a two hour program. And I would rather you do four 20 minute series than one longer program. So what I mean by that is what a lot of people do, and let me give you an example. In the old days when we wanted to advertise to our audience, we would go and take a full page ad in Vogue. Whoa, and we'd say the 10 best things about our business in Vogue. Today, we don't. We talk to people through either this format or, or socially, but we take those 10 points and we now create 10 stories, mm. 10 micro stories or 10 micro webinars. Now, all you need to do is you need to sit down um, and start to think about what are all these things. And you might come up with a list of 10 things. Trish might come up with a list of 10 things that her clients want to hear. Don't go and try to produce something that addresses all of those 10. Think about how you can create 10 different stories. Is there an expert that you can bring? Is there, you've got some subject matter you want to put forward. And very quickly, you can actually build a tremendous collection of information that takes people on a journey to a certain point versus trying to hammer them away for two hours on a video. Well, you know, there's all of those things that happen around the fringes, but let me maybe just share something with you about um, creating content because this is the one single thing that most people struggle with. Yeah? They want to develop a message, but they just go, oh my God, where do I start? So for me, I would like to encourage you to do a couple of things. First and foremost, when you are in a space where you have no pressure, pressure kills creativity. So create a space where you don't have pressure. Maybe that's that second half of the bottle of wine for you. It might be something else for others. But talk about all the things that you think your business is really good at, and you should have quite a long list. Then what I want you to do is I want you to sit down and I want you to produce content in batches. So what I mean by that is the best time to make or decide the content for your next video is when you're doing a video. 
See, through this content, Nicole's already thinking of other ideas that she can bring to the fore because of smaller conversations that we're having. Where people mostly fail with producing content is when they go, all right, Mara, come on, we want five emails in the morning and we want to send them out. Oh, we just go blank. So produce your content in batches. If you are going to sit down and do an email or, or um, write some social posts, Think about the four or five subjects. Think about what you can do and while you're writing that, other things will come to you. So keep going. I mean, I'll give you a classic example. We have three months worth of social media already planned before I put off um, Sarah here in the office. And it looks like this. Mm -hmm. So and that's, that's April, that's May, and that's, we're planned already out to June and it's all automatically posted, ready to go. And we use a tool called Buffer to do that. So, but each one of these columns represented a different subject matter. And by doing so, the frequency that we're going to post that subject matter in the month. So all yes. of a sudden now, this is, this is so easy to manage versus trying to start with a blank piece of paper, which is hell. Mm. And some of them are videos. Some of them are just the words from the videos. So we send those out maybe in Facebook where the videos we may post in our Facebook group. And we alternate different things at different times. But, you know, we've probably got one to maybe on some days there's two posts, but that's it. Now, that's across two Facebook channels and a Facebook group and also Instagram. Plus, we have a separate calendar, which is for LinkedIn because someone else handles that in our business. So what I'm trying to share with you is if you take some steps like this and plan this out, you'll be absolutely blown away how much content you can have self-created. And then the final thing I want to share with you is how to repurpose content. Before our call today, I said to Nicole, are you going to record this? And she said, yes. I said, fantastic. When I get the audio recording, I will then put it through some software, which is called Otter, O-T-T-E-R. And Otter will transcribe and type up this whole video into words for me. I will then go through that and pick out some phrases and they'll become some of my posts that I use in my social media. Mm -hmm. So I'm repurposing the video. If I wanted to, I won't, but if I wanted to, I could then also turn this into a podcast. I could also, um, if I got the, the video recording of this, I could turn this into 20 little two minute posts about one tiny subject. So now I've created not only a master document, but we've created 20 little posts that are videos of me chatting about one little thing. We've created the words from every one of those so they can now go out and, and go out separately. Some people prefer to read. Some people prefer to watch. Some of them can go into my Facebook group. Some of them can go into Insta as stories. Some of them can, but all of, the, all of it has come from just this one conversation we had this morning. Mm -hmm. I have not had to create anything. I've simply had a conversation and then I've repurposed the content. Mm. See, people buy from people they like. And the more that you show of yourself today, the more people can make judgments about how much they like you. And then you'll start getting people following you because they can connect to where you're coming from. Mm. Mm. 
I think the most important thing that you can be doing if you're in the B2B space is thinking about ways that you can help your clients shift their mental space into a space of opportunity versus loss. In other words, what I mean by that is what, can, what conversations can you have with your clients to talk about the future? What conversations can you have with your clients to get them to think about the future? Um, is there a financial workshop that you could take them through, hypothetically? Um, is there a new consultation procedure that you could talk to them about? Um, you know, the medical profession is under enormous pressure at the moment in all sorts of ways, as is a lot of us. But we need to think about the other side of the curve and what we can be doing to take people to that place. Mm. Mm. And I think that's where the gold lies in the window of opportunity for us um, in the way that we choose to communicate. Um, the care will come much higher in the conversation as will the respect. I think a lot of those things will come to play. Sure. Um, Nicole, I need to uh, say thank you. It's been a really lovely time to be able to chat um, with you. And uh, you can reach me at my website, which is uh, www.thesalescatalyst.com.au. Or you can join our Facebook group, which is the Salon and Clinic Hub uh, on Facebook, uh, which we regularly post information and I quite often do videos in that space as well. So either of those will uh, offer some value um, to your clients. Bye-bye. Do you have a business or personal branding question that you'd like answered by one of our expert guests? Send an email with your question to nicole at trustedsurgeons.com.au.